What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 49 of Calling All Crap Here. My name is Luke. I'm here with my brother, Ryan. What's going on, man? Not much, man. How you been? Just chilling like a villain on quarantine life. And, uh, yeah, you know, just hanging out and doing the best we can with what we got. What you up to? Uh, same old thing. Just at home, chilling, working out. You know how it is. Yeah. You're lucky enough to have a wife who's into the working out, too. One, and two, a little bit more space than I have. So you got a little setup in the house. I got some bands and some bullshit, but I don't really have a lot of room for any weights or anything like that. So I've uh, been trying to hold it down with just the bands and going on walks every day, which <laughs> doesn't seem to be working very well. <laughs> hey, I mean, I got lucky because she's okay with me turning the whole living room into a gym. So Right. And then I've been doing like walking too. Surprisingly, I've been doing cardio, which I've never done before. Yeah, dude, I considered, like, um, you know, this shit goes on for much longer. I considered, like, trying to get with them about renting a garage and setting something up inside the garage. But it's, uh, we'll see. Right now, it sucks. Like, we can't even get a hold of anybody in the in the, in the the office. Like, our, our lease is up this month. It's actually up in, like, nine days. And they haven't even responded to us about a new lease or anything. Like, I've emailed them, like, ten times. And they keep sending us emails. And they're, like, generic ones to the whole community. And they're like, hey, you know... If anybody has a lease expiring or whatever, please email us and we'll make sure you get your proper documentation because there's there's one lady working in the office, but she doesn't they don't let anybody in the office. So <laughs> it's like lockdown. You know, you can basically you can only call, text or email. And I've emailed multiple times and they don't respond. I mean, I'm not worried about it because they can't throw us out until all this is over anyway, regardless. But I just, you know, I'd like to get make sure that my rent is locked in and that you know, a month after all this stuff settles down, they don't try to come at me and be like, oh, we never heard from you, so your new rent's going to be $2,500 a month, you know, like some crazy amount, so. Yeah, I actually tried looking for a garage, too, like, not be, not because of this, but, like, probably a month, right around my birthday, it's like a month and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we don't have any available, because, you know, with all the equipment, I, ha- I don't have much yet, but I right. was actually planning on building a full gym in there. And not because, you know, you know, like the gym we, I work at, which I'm not going to say the name, you know, yeah, uh, they have good equipment, but some days I'm just not in the mood to go to the gym, even though it's across the street. I'm not in the mood to have to wait for people. And then like, you know how they are. They're, they're like, oh, you can't use your competition bar because it's not our equipment. If you get hurt, we don't want yeah, you yeah. suing us. Yep. So there's, there's times where I need the equipment, especially for preparation for me, but yeah, I got you. Trust me, I feel the same way. Like I, one thing about the gym and me is that I like just walking in, doing what I got to get done, and leaving. I'm not there to talk to nobody. I'm not there to hang out. I'm just there to go in, sweat, and get out. And sometimes it's hard, especially when you're in an area where everybody knows you and they want to talk to you and they want to stop you. And you're like, that's one of the reasons why I stopped working out at you know the UFIT that I used to work at was because every time I went there. I would spend half my time there having conversations with people and, oh, we haven't seen you in forever. How are you? What's going on? And it's, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk off. If I saw you in the mall or at a restaurant or, you know, somewhere that wasn't a gym, I'm more than happy to have a couple minute conversation with you and just catch up. But when I'm in the middle of working out, you walk over to me and want to have a freaking conversation. It just pisses me off. So you you drinking on anything or no? Uh, not today. I drank, I drank all week, every day. So. <laughs> He was living that quarantine life. Well, I just, I cracked open the first one of 
this six pack that I got yesterday, which was from uh, Adroit Theory in Virginia. They actually started doing shipping, which was fantastic. So I got a six pack of their um, triple IPA called the nine point something percent one. This one's ten percent, and it's called uh, it's called Rise Up. It's Citra, El Dorado, Simcoe, and Amarillo hops. It was canned on February twenty sixth. And uh, right, and it's uh, damn good, man. It's, I mean, for a ten percent ABV IPA, you can barely taste the alcohol. It's like <clears throat> the uh, aroma is like kind of earthy and dank, a little bit of pineapple, and it tastes just like citrus. A lot of citrus. Yeah, speaking of, is that the one you posted on Instagram with, that were like three cans and stacked too high? Yeah, the one that's like the red, white, and blue that kind of looks like the, the bald guy on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Badass. So, damn good beer. <clears throat> I've definitely had some killer brews. I got lucky yesterday and I met up with uh, Will Molini from Molini Mob. He's a maker that makes these EDCs, you know, bottle openers and stuff yeah. like that. I met up with him in Pines because he lives in um, Pompano and he actually is his, his uh, warehouse where he does all his. Um, all his uh, work for his his tools and stuff that he makes is in Miami. So he had been down in Miami all day working and then on, met me on the way home. And I picked up a piece that I got from him and he tossed me two beers from Invasive Species, which is a brewery in Fort Lauderdale that I've been trying to get to forever, man. Like I've had a couple of beers of theirs before from other people, which were good. Gravitron and uh, a Velvet one. I can't remember the name of it. Velvet something. And uh always really good never you know no complaints in terms of the beers i really want to try their sours and stuff just haven't gotten a chance to get up there and they're doing like a drive up you know service right now it's just it sucks because they're actually closer to the house miles wise than than tripping animals which is the one that i go to all the time in doral but the difference tomorrow then ah maybe i mean if we can roll out together that might be kind of cool but the um let's get the hell out of the house but the um the thing about tripping animals is that tripping animals is all highway. It's literally you jump on the turnpike, take the turnpike to exit 29. You get off. It's like 107th. You go down the 29th street. Or I think, no, you go down the one. Then you get off as 49th. You go down the 107, turn right. And it's like right there, back there in some warehouses. And it takes me on a, with traffic, it's 30 minutes with no traffic. It takes me 15, 20 minutes to get there. Cause it's all highway. This place invasive species because they're in Fort Lauderdale. And it's like, you know, back streets, the 595 to 95 to get off. And, you know, it, it's it's like 45 minutes away, even though it's only like 14 miles. Oh, if that's so, the case, we're taking your car. I don't want right, to go through. Oh, that's fine. Gas. Yeah, that's fine. But you know what I'm saying? I don't care about the car, but yeah. it's just hard to get there because it's, you know, because it's just, it's a more time consuming drive. You know, you're talking an hour and a half, two hour round trip, whereas I can get to tripping animals and back in less than an hour. And that was a cool, like, I was surprised that Will, who's a South Floridian himself, had never had anything from Trippin' Animals. So I actually gave him three brews from Trippin' Animals, and I gave him one of the Rise Ups from a Joy Theory that I got so he could try those when we met up yesterday. So it's kind of cool. It's definitely been a different vibe of this, you know, I mean, and I know we've talked them, you know, you've been on multiple of my, sh- multiple of my shows in the past. we talked about some stuff, and I don't want to use this beer podcast as a way to crack open conspiracy theory and shit like that but you gotta have some theories bouncing around inside your head as to what you think is going on with all this bullshit because to me i don't know about you but it doesn't feel like it's all about this virus what do you what's some what's some theories you got about what's going on 
Um, okay, so obviously we all know it's a virus. My theory in regards... Well, the virus is real. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But what my theory could be is one of two things. Well, as regards to the actual virus itself, it could be a seasonal because it's a, it's like a, you know, it could be like the flu, but a new strain that is completely different. So it could be seasonal. We right. don't know. <clears throat> or the other thing was it started breaking out and becoming reported around the same time that, remember, everybody was protesting in Hong Kong? Yep. So... Could they have, you know, have you ever seen the, um, the what's that show called? The Containment? Yeah. Yep. Where they, you know, they're making it, for people that don't know, it's like they're doing stuff in the experiment. Yeah. In the lab, and then it yep. accidentally gets out and contaminates. So it could have been that, or they could have done it on purpose, or it could just be seasonal or a regular thing. It could be a lot of things, but I also don't like how, since it's going to be long enough, it's probably going to be 12 months at least is my my if it's not seasonal is my opinion yeah. because you don't just come up with the vaccine and then test right. it and have it approved within like a month or two no i feel so that, yeah. i feel like <laughs> as much as I, I hate politics i feel like donald trump is using this to his advantage to try to win the re-election with like the whole like stimulus check and all this nonsense well, the hard part, the hard part about that is, and I, I understand kind of where you're coming from, but the hard part about that is, is that stimulus ain't shit if people don't get back to work. And what I mean by that is, oh, yeah, is that if we're, if we're shut down for, you know, I even, I even saw, you know, believe it or not, like Aaron from Redcon was on a, um, he did an interview with somebody, I forget the guy's name, not too long ago in, in response to all this shit. And even he said, Redcon, he's got to be a hundred million dollar company now. He's like, if, if this goes on for three or four months, we're going to be out of business. And that's for a lot of people, man. I don't see, there's very few companies that I think could sustain a four-month shutdown of not having any business at all or minimal business or just a break in business. Because I'll tell you what, <clears throat> the companies that I work with are maintaining. How am going to last when all these other people are losing their jobs? My wife just got, my wife just got furloughed this week because she's a non-essential. She's in retail clothing retail and right now nobody needs clothes so they're shut down and uh, you know so many people even 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 in essential businesses like restaurants and stuff are letting people off left and right because now they're only doing pickup and deli- and delivery so they don't need servers they don't need you know all these they might be hiring cooks or whatever and don't get me wrong there's a lot of jobs that are popping up to kind of absorb some of those people like a lot of the grocery stores and walmart oh, yeah, like Sarah, you know like sarah's job is hiring yeah like dude a there, people. there's a lot of places that are hiring people because of the influx of business for them like you know like you know um grocery stores you know whole goods stores like walmart whole foods you know things like that and then even amazon was hiring like was looking to hire like a hundred thousand people my brother-in-law works for a company called arise that handles like call centers and stuff and they're looking for people because they all they do is work from home so they're looking for people to step in and handle like the influx of customer service calls for some other companies and stuff like that so it's a it's kind of a flip-flop people ask people lose jobs and start looking for new ones better ones whatever but i'm gonna give you just a little taste of my opinion and here's my opinion truth be told is we've had there's been a lot going on in the last six months between the U.S. and China in terms of trade deals and stuff like that. And I genuinely believe, especially after that, uh, the the professor from Harvard was taken down and arrested for basically um, for basically colluding with China on developing the coronavirus. I believe 100 percent that the virus was developed and released on purpose 
I believe that it was done in such a way, done for two reasons. One was to stop the protests and all the stuff that was going on, like you said, in Hong Kong and different places around the world. And I also believe that it was an attempt to take Trump down because China right now wants a pussy like Joe Biden in the White House because he's going to roll over and give him back all the same trade deals that we had before. So China's going to get a bunch of money back. And they're going to basically, you know, bend us over backwards and shove it up our ass like they always have, because we're not going to have a tough president in the warehouse that actually has America first, like Donald Trump. And I think that's this is that this is another attempt, you know, to make a lot, just make some drastic world changes. There's a lot of shit going on behind the scenes, like the, like the, um, I forget the name of the the group altogether, but you know, one of the like um, international organizations just came together and reintroduced the one world currency and all this crap, dude. There's so much. Oh, you talking about like uh, the, <clears throat> like the uh, N- Rockefeller people and stuff. Yeah, dude. Like they're, I mean, they've come together. They, they've already like released, you know. Document, documentation and and put it out there that you know the consideration for the one world currency and the new world order and all this bullshit there's so many moving parts to all this i mean look at it this way you know one thing that you know a lot of people are beating the beating the president up over his response to the virus and i laugh because it's like okay you look at when we go back to the beginning when he did introduce travel bans to china every single Democrat who's called who's yelling at him and saying he didn't react fast enough now was calling him a xenophobe and a racist and everything else when he introduced the China the travel bans to China, you know, back in January. <clears throat> and now they're saying, oh, he didn't act fast enough. But when he but when he initially instilled the travel bans, you sons of bitches were calling him racist and a xenophobe. Like, come on, give me a break. So what was he supposed to do? Should he have put travel bans back in December and locked started locking the country down before we even had a single case i mean at the end of the day i understand it could you could look at it from a million different reasons and say i mean a different million different um perspectives and say okay well if we would have shut the country down in the beginning maybe we would have never got it i don't believe that to happen in any way shape or form because essential travel would have still happened there still would have been people who were out of the country for business in china and wherever else that had to get back to the united states it would would prolong it exactly dude it would have got here no matter what so <clears throat> you look at that whole scenario and everything that's going on. I just I think there's a lot more to it. And then you look at like the president announced, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, that we're like, you know, pedaling down on the Mexican drug cartels and all this shit. Like right now, Venezuela is basically surrounded by U.S. warships. And you think to yourself, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, why the hell is the company? Why the hell is the country? And the president and you know our military concerned about shutting cartels down right now well there's an old saying that goes never let a good um not pan- they don't use the word pandemic but it's never let a good crisis go you know uh unused or you know something like that and i just feel like there's two sides fighting against each other right now as always where there's one that's again trying to take the president down and trying to you know ruin the economy and everything else but then you got the flip side of that is is that since he started running for president, President Trump's been against human trafficking. He's been against, you know, the drug cartels and the drug trade in the United States and how much comes out of, out of Mexico. So why not use this situation right now where the streets are clear? People are, you know, there's a lot of there's a cover of darkness right now where you can get a lot of shit done that would be considered. And I use air quotes, deep state that <clears throat> like I wouldn't be surprised if we don't start seeing, you know, people you know big name people start dropping left and right from 
well, either getting arrested or dying from the virus or... Well, it's funny you said that about the arrested thing. Because yeah. I was reading something which before, right when it first started, before we got, before they were talking about shutting down anything down, was somebody posted online and I saw the post was saying that, watch, they're going to shut down the stuff. And you know how, like, what was his name? The, um, the pedophile guy was going to expose it, Epstein? Mm-hmm. They were saying that because he was supposed to, I don't I mean, I don't believe any of this. I mean, I know it's tr- it's it's happening as in regards to the, like the pedophile ring and all this bull crap. Right. But there's so much, there's so many um, like conspiracies. You don't know which could be true and what's right, not. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like, until it's proven, I really don't care because I don't trust the government in general. Like I told you before, from being in the military, I don't trust them. Right. Like... <laughs> Like look, like what's the Look how been long. Look how been the law. Yeah. Look how long I've been fighting the government just to get what I deserve already. Yeah. What they promised me. I got you. So it's like, why should I trust them in general? But one of the things was that they're gonna arrest people, and people, certain people were gonna die, and they called out by names. They're like, I think it was Tom Hanks or whatever. Remember he said that he had the corona. I don't know who it was. A bunch of famous people yeah, were yeah. gonna supposedly get the coronavirus and then disappear, like die or whatever. Yep. And a lot of those people that they posted before they even came out. Right. Are ready been tested positive yep. and they were like the first people there's a lot of like shit going on in regards to the deep state where a lot of people believe that the coronavirus is <clears throat> more preeminent more preeminently um attacks people who use a drug and i'm sure you've been on the blood the dark web and shit like that i'm sure you've heard of them before, <laughs> but, um, adrenochrome you know what i mean so a lot of people believe that a lot of these pedophiles and people that are wrapped up in these child trafficking rings and stuff like that that thrive on a, on adrenochrome are basically more something with that has to do with their use of adrenochrome makes them more susceptible to falling ill from coronavirus is what a lot of people are saying but again what's that adrenochrome well adrenochrome is basically um how can i put this it is it's basically the enzyme or antibody, you know, basically the enzyme that the body releases from your adrenal gland when your body is under extreme stress from either fear, um, you, you know, uh, basically what I, the way I would put it is basically, you know how Eddie Hall talks about, you know, yeah. going to that deep, dark place and, you know, basically the, the chemical that your body releases when you go to that, that place is... It's basically in, um, removed from the adrenal gland. <clears throat> well, I don't know if it's the adrenal gland, but a part of the brain that it that it, that it gets um, removed from. And then there's a process they do to it where they process it and they either drink it or they shoot it up or they do whatever because there's actually companies, which is a lot of crazy shit, dude. If you really start reading into all this stuff and how a lot of this shit all works together, like funny enough, did you see the other day, like Trump talked about going in and shutting down 3M, right? The company. Because yeah. they were because they were undercutting the U.S. and they were selling their masks to other countries, including Canada, for more money. Like they were, they're basically saying, "Fuck the U.S. If other people are going to give us more money, we're not going to give you the the mask. We're going to sell them." But that's know. a business, right? But that's but you can't do that in the time of crisis. There's a, there's laws against that in the United States. So yeah, it's like the Defense Protection Act. Exactly. Like yeah. Well, you you can you can invoke the Defense Protection Act, and they can actually come in and take over your business. But yeah, the like crazy, they, they did to GM. Right, but the crazy part about this is that uh, 3M actually owns the patent to produce adrenochrome. So a lot of people look at that and they're like, okay, like, does this really have anything to do with masks or does it have to do with 
this deep state shit and they're shutting a 3M down because of the adrenochrome. You know what I mean? And a lot of shit's been like, and, and who knows? I don't know how much of this stuff's real, but you know, I, I do my own research and I believe probably 10% of all the shit that I read that comes up because you never know. There's so many branches and so much stuff, but there's been pictures out there that people have talked about because there's so many people that are involved in that whole Epstein thing. And if oh, you look right. at, if you look at the list of like from the flight manifest, there's people like, you know, Ellen DeGeneres and, you know, like you said, Tom Hanks, Bill Clinton, I mean, Katy Perry, I mean, all kinds of people that are involved in this crap that they all say are involved in this huge Hollywood pedophile ring. And, uh, the crazy part is, is that if you look at some pictures that have been posted about Ellen recently, it sure as hell looks like the bitch has on a friggin' ankle bracelet. Like it looks like she's under like house arrest. Like she's had, there's, there's like 10 pictures posted of her where you can clearly see like a square thing underneath her pants around her ankle and it's not something that you know you there was also a video that was put up of her and david spade who's also one of the people who's on epstein's list and he also looks like he has an ankle bracelet on so it's crazy to think that a lot of this shit might be going on but the craziest part is there was a lot of shit like if you if you compare the pictures of when tom hanks supposedly got back to the united states he um from Australia, they're basically the same exact pictures of when he landed in, landed in when he got the same pictures they posted of him getting back to the U.S. Supposedly, actually are the, pic, the the pictures of him landing in Australia. So there's a lot of people who who believe either one he was arrested, two he's dead because there were actually some um, news reports that were leaked that said Tom Hanks had passed away, but they were then pulled off the internet and. Or he's just, uh, or he's still in Australia and he's locked down and, and for whatever reason. But if you notice, like I've actually kept a look at his social media accounts and the dude hasn't posted anything on social media. And he was the type of person that would post two, three times a day. And he hasn't posted anything since he was supposedly headed back to the United States. Yeah, his wife, that, his wife, video. right. Like his wife has posted, you know what I mean? But we haven't seen anything from Tom Hanks and you know, it's again, this is one of those things where it's like you put two and two together. Like a lot of people believe that the mercy and the comfort are actually um, ships that are being used to house inmates, that they're arresting people and bringing them to the ships and locking them up. There's there obviously is a ward that has, um, you know, hospital beds. And they believe that a lot of the kids that are being saved from the pedophile rings and all this stuff are being. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the USS Mercy and whatever it is. Yeah. And the comfort. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of and there's been some leaked pictures on the ships that show like little kids but again you never know whether they're actually because the whole idea behind the mercy and the comfort was to treat the people from the hospitals that didn't have COVID-19 so they were pulling people out of the hospitals and who and they could obviously be children I mean if there's sick kids in the hospital they could easily be you know transferred over to the to the ships because they just don't want them being stuck in the hospital and be more susceptible to, to um, getting COVID-19 so dude every you got you have to I'm the type of person that I look at one like idea or image and I see all four potentials you know what I mean like I don't I don't just automatically agree or latch on to anything I want of course I want to believe the good stuff you know you want to believe that these pedophiles and these child um sex trafficking rings are being brought down and all this shit and, and a lot of it has to do with the cartels and in, in Mexico because 90 percent of the kids that are um, trafficked out of the United States go through the cartel system. So if they're, I mean, you got to believe that this is all working hand in hand. I just don't know how much of it is really true. So 
but we'll see what happens. I mean, there's also you start dude when you really open, start digging, you know, diving down the rabbit hole. There's there's shit out there about like 5G where they believe that the radio waves from 5G will fuck, you know, will screw up human brains and kill animals. Like it dries the cells out, which, yeah, dude, which is yeah. kind of like BS because you know my brother is an engineer and he does with that type of stuff and he's yeah. he's like he's the same way as me. He doesn't trust anything the government says. Right. I mean. I would say 75% of things that they say we don't trust right, but right. he was like he he was explaining how like you would literally have to stick your head up to the tower and right. sit there for like your whole life before it killed you gotcha and that's what I'm saying a lot of people but if you if you really dig deeper you know I'll, I'll kind of d- dive in a little bit on that one too is that I don't know if you've seen some of the posts recently but Basically, you know, I didn't I didn't know this until recently that Bill Gates has been involved in like the pharmaceutical industry for years. Of course and, he is. and essentially, once he left um, Microsoft, he, he really got deeper into the pharmaceutical industry. So now he's pushing to have these um, these vaccine implants put into us. You know, he's even pushing for like legislation that would say if you don't get the vaccine, you have to be you're going to be forced to be quarantined to your home until you decide to do it, which I think is ridiculous. But um, so a lot of people believe that these implants that he is devising to get put into people will be RFID chips that will be one that can track us and two that can be used in conjunction with 5G for things like crowd control, you know, shit like that. So if people you know, go out and protest over something, they could literally turn a certain signal on with the 5G towers that would cause people pain, that would cause people, you know, um, flu-like symptoms where they would get sick and start puking and shit like that. And I mean, all this stuff sounds so sci-fi and so bullshit, but you never know, you know what I mean? And with all the technology and everything that's going on in the United States right now, I've been, you know, if we can put a friggin' tra- tra- uh, chip in our dog to track it, why couldn't they do the same thing to a human being? So, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is. So there's just so much crap, you know, going on with all this stuff. And it, uh, I'll be honest, like it gets exhausting. Like I never would have even attempted to put any time into looking into any of this stuff more deeper than I ever have before had not been for quarantine. <laughs> you know, because you're freaking bored out of your mind and it's two o'clock in the morning and I can't sleep and I'm digging on the internet and finding, you know, find finding one theory and then chasing it and seeing how much I can come up with and then finding another one. You know, it's just so much crazy stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I will tell you this, that this whole scenario is going to change the world. Some for the better, some for the worse. And what I mean by that is that I, that it's never things are never going to go back to normal what we all consider to be normal even once this quarantine's over and we go and they say and they open up the doors again and they say all right everybody go back to life it's never going to be the same and what i mean by that is that there's going to be everybody's habits actions you know whatever else are going to be changed you're never going to just walk into a store and not be concerned about how close somebody is to you again you know it takes 21 days for the body to learn new habits and as of now, we're reaching that point where most of us, especially in South Florida, have already been under quarantine for around 20-ish days. And as soon as it crosses into that border, you're gonna it's just going to be a different thought process. You know, I don't know about you, but I walk into a store and immediately I start itching. I start feeling like, oh, man, there's too many people in here. And it's just a weird vibe of like thought well, process. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, what I, honestly, the whole thing about the whole like social distancing that drives me insane is because 
there's so many idiots <laughs> when I go to Walmart that I yeah. literally just want to like tell them you're a moron. You're not doing anything. They'll go in there with a freaking pair of gloves on and a mask. Yep. Then they'll pull the mask down to talk to an employee. So it's yep. like, okay, so so if they have corona, you just got it. Okay. And then yep. it's like you are wearing the same pair of gloves the whole time. Touching everything. Out, yeah, you're taking out your yep. wallet. You're, yep. you're touching your phone. You're touching your keys. You're rubbing your face with the gloves on. It's like you're not doing a damn thing. Exactly. You're, you're not doing anything. Exactly. Dude, I just, like, what I do is when I walk in, just to give you an example of, like, me, I walk into a store, I only touch what I need, I try not to go near anybody, I try not to touch anything, I keep my hands away from my face, I get my stuff, I walk outside, I open the trunk of my car, it goes in the back of the car, which is sealed, I close it off, I go around to the car, I pull my sanitizer out of my pocket, I put it on my hand, I wipe my hands down, I wipe my keys down, I wipe my wallet down, I wipe everything down with sanitizer, then I get in the car and I drive home. And then when I get home, anything that comes into the house gets sprayed down with Lysol and I sanitize my hands or, or wash my hands again. And then I go about my business. But, but see, the reason why that, like you're saying is that that's flawed because, right, you wash your hands. If you have a coronavirus, you're just you breathing in the cars and get on your hands. And then you touch all the boxes and stuff that you're, you have in your house. Right. So when there's nothing, do- there's no perfection, unfortunately, yeah. unless we have decan decontamination units outside of our houses there's no there's nothing that we can do that's going to be perfect but that's just the way that i do it and you know so far so good i mean I, i'm not complaining i mean I, I i felt i've had a cough a little bit of a cough over the last like probably 10 days you know where it kind of peaked over the last two or three days where i was coughing up some phlegm and stuff like that but never had a fever never had body no, aches we, never we're, had... we're pretty much all gonna get it and that's what people don't understand it's just because you see one point whatever million cases right now in the world doesn't mean that you say, okay, you see one, let's say, let's just do a hypothetical situation. 20% of people that go to the hospital or test positive die. How many percent of the population don't even test because they don't show symptoms? Like me, I'm pretty sure I've had it, like, cause it can come and you can get it, fight it off and then get it back again. And when I was working at the gym before we shut down, I'm pretty sure I got it because I, I, had, I started feeling hot, I started coughing, at same, around the same time it started. Right. And, I, and then it went away. It came back. And it's like, I've had it like three or four times. But it's not to the point where I haven't had a fever. I've had like a slightly elevated temperature. I've had a right. cough and a little bit of phlegm. So it's like, you need to build a tolerance. Like not a tolerance, but immunity to it in order for yourself to fight it. So right. when I see these people that are like, you know, it's like going back to the whole gloves thing. It's like, just because 20, let's say 10% or 20% of people that get it die, doesn't mean that... 10% of the world's gonna die. That's not how it works. You right. could have, like when they said the flu, right? I looked at the facts for the flu from the CDC and they said like, I don't know the number, but say 60 million people or whatever it was get the flu every season. But only a couple hundred thousand go to the hospital and out of that, or maybe it's a couple million go to the hospital and then a couple hundred thousand die. So it came out to like 1.4% of the people that went to the hospital, or 1% of the people that went to the hospital die. Right. But the percentage of people that go to the hospital is, a, is like a 1% of the people that get it. And the people that get it is like 1% of the people population. Right. So it's like, if people, and that's why I tell people statistics are skewed because 99% of the population get it, but only 1% can show symptoms. And then that 1%, 1% dies. So it's like, what's... <sighs> I know what you mean, yeah. I understand completely. And it's, the reality is, is that and the fact of the matter is that we really don't know the 100% truth with all the statistics because if you read you read into a lot of this shit, you know, there there are people who argue this and fight it and say, 
that it's not true that this happens, but I've actually heard medical professionals come forward and say that the CDC has requested that if anybody dies, essentially, and they even after their death, if they test positive for COVID-19, that they wanted it, they want it listed on their yes. their death certificate. Now, I'm not saying they're they're not necessarily listing it as the cause of death, but they want it known on the death certificate that the person was positive. And what I'm believing is that even in those numbers, even if it's not listed technically as the cause of death, they're still including that person in the overall numbers. Um, so, so if you're a uh, if you have you know terminal leukemia and you're in the hospital and you die and they test you after you pass away and you come and they find out that you're um, <clears throat> they find out that you're positive, I believe that death is going under the list for the CDC of people who have passed away as a result of the virus yes. and i'm not i could be wrong no, you're right some some people are doing it because i have friends that work at uh right. i'm not gonna say the hospital name obviously no, but no, the hospital no. lives you know the hospital next to us right and, and i'm just and they're met and and they they nurses and they said that yeah and that's you know and that's unfair because that's a skewed number i mean that, that's somebody who was essentially gonna die anyway but now you're making you're making it out to look worse because you're saying okay well because the even yeah you can pull the birth the, the birth certificate you can pull the death certificate and the death certificate will say this person passed away from leukemia with complications due to the coronavirus but when it comes to overall statistics they're just getting flunked on a list as someone who died from the coronavirus and it's not that's overall not fair you know that yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same it's like, thing as you know, for us in, in uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding, they always like to refer to the the uh, you know the supplementations as the cause of death. Right. When, yeah, it doesn't help, but you you can't say for a fact that's what caused it unless it's like you know right. certain exactly. supplements that officially can kill you, like insulin. But other than everything else, you can't prove it really. Exactly. That's nah, dude. I hear you completely. So. And I did not want to make this episode completely about conspiracy and coronavirus and all this other bullshit. Let's go so back let's to some beer talk. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about some crazy shit. Like, first of all, the uh, what have you what what have this past week? What have you been sipping on? Um, <laughs> so about a, two months ago, or not two months ago, two weeks ago, I bought uh, a bunch of nasty uh, Miller Lite. <laughs> okay, because it was dirt cheap, uh, and then. I had some Kraken. Some what? Kraken rum. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to, like we were talking, I was trying to go up to like a brewery to get some actual beer. But, cool. but remember how you were talking about IPA earlier? Yeah. Have you ever been to B, well, you've been to BJ's, but have you ever had the double committed IPA? Yeah, double committed. Yeah. Yep. It's so good. It's not one of my favorites. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's a it, it's a go to when I'm there because it's strong and it's yeah you know, I think it's like nine percent or something. Yeah, it's like, like ten and a half. And then the, also the holy mackerel. The holy mackerel one I can't stand, dude. It like tastes the, weird, but yeah, like the, I when the first time I had it, I thought it, I literally posted about it and I was like, this beer tastes like shoe polish. Yes. And and they commented on it and they were like, wow, shoe polish, harsh. And I laughed and I was like, well, I'm sorry, but that's how I felt because I'll tell you what, the very first time I had one. I had it with a very savory, salty meal. I had it at, um, I had it at Smash Burger out west, and with my meal, with my burger, and I had like one, I had like one of their like craziest burgers, with like a fried egg and all this shit on it. And then I had like French fries, you know. I had a big, salty, just messy, nasty, delicious meal, and the, and I had that beer with my meal, and it was and it was good. I actually enjoyed it. Because, you know, just like wine, a beer pairs well with certain things. And I felt like that particular beer paired really well with, like, a nice, salty, 
savory meal like that. But then when I had it on my own one time, because I, I knew that I had had it at Smashburger and I liked it. So I went to Total Wine and I got it in one of my like make your own six packs. Yeah. And I had it brought it home and basically had it on a clear palate. It was terrible. Now it's 10% ABV, so it'll it'll knock you on your ass, but it tasted like absolute dog shit. And I was like, I still made it through it. You know, I still drank it. I didn't drink for it because it's, it, it just, it's just super, super, super strong. It just has the weirdest, you know, flavor that like, like I'm telling you right now, like I just drank this beer, Adroit Theories Rise Up, 10%, 10% ABV, and you would have never known, dude. Like this, I actually have a little buzz going on. I'm feeling good right now. I just finished it. And I mean, it was just such a good, easy drinking beer. You know what I mean? That, and I'm not saying there are people out there who like to know who, who like that boozy, you know, like strong flavor of like a 10% plus beer and they want that. But then there's a lot of us that just enjoy the flavor of beer in general. And I mean, this was just a nice citrusy, fruity. And when I say fruity, I don't, I'm not talking about fruity. I'm not talking about like fruity pebbles or like some girly drink. Whoa, you, whoa, you know, whoa, you've whoa, had whoa. some of the ones. Whoa. I know, but look, you've had some of the ones that I'm talking about. Remember when we had the, I think the last show you were on, we had the uh, 10% ABV uh, Last Sudan, the ones with the rhino on it. Yes, and yes. Dude, and it still tastes like beer, but you would never, but it, it doesn't taste like it's 10%. You know, it, the the hops and the barley and the, and the flavors that are in it mask the overall, you know, um, booziness to it so that it still tastes like a delicious beer you enjoy it it was creamy you know it has a lot of great characteristics to it that make it a fantastic triple ipa but it's also 10 percent abv and will fuck you up <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so it doesn't you know it, it's not like it tastes like a fruit beverage it still tastes like beer but it just has you know it's a great flavor profile that kind of masks that booziness to it so but um i've definitely had some killer brews man i mean the uh, Los Tres Campadres from Trippin' Animals is fantastic. It's a trip. It's a 9.8% triple IPA with, uh, they did it with uh, Ocelot Brewing and Ox Brewery. And it's a three-way um, collaboration. And it's just fantastic. I mean, it's a little bit boozier than this Rise Up from Adroit Theory was, but it's still uh, just an overall fantastic beer. They, I got one of their, sours they just came out with it's called the ultimate trip and this was blueberry um pistachio vanilla and vanilla with lactose and probably one of my favorite sours that i've had in a long time dude it's only six percent it's on the lower scale but it's absolutely fantastic and what's cool about it is that you know blueberry can be done one of two ways it can be done it can be overdone to the point where it's super super sweet or it could be underdone to the point where you barely taste any blueberry in it, in, it, in it whatsoever. Well, this one was overdone to the point where the blueberry creates a, a, an aggressive, unique sweetness. But the pistachio, the savory saltiness of the pistachio cuts the sweetness of the blueberry and balances the beer out fantastic. And then it finishes with like a nice um, mild vanilla on the back end. So it's just super good. Like I really enjoyed it. Then they have one called Nut Chaser, which is another new one that I picked up. Yeah, I do that. I, I made a video at like 1230 last night on one of my uh, EDC groups. And I was like, ladies, this is the perfect beer for you after a night of partying. You just want to clear your throat. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed. But it's, it's got a it's essentially, you know, the can's cool. It's got a stone squirrel on it. It's called Nut Chaser. It's a it's a double dry hopped 
um, Cryo Citra, I believe. Is it Cryo Citra? Yes, I think it's Cryo Citra hops with tangerine. So it's basically just like a tangerine pale ale. So it's like all citrus. And uh, it's just a good, easy drinking like summer beer, man. Like it's one of you know spring summer beer. It kind of it kind of it kind of reminds me of like a little bit stronger Blue Moon. You know what I mean? Which um, Blue Moon is Blue Moon's an easy drinking, just easy to drink like a Corona. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. an easy drinking beer. It's not it's not it's not fantastic, but it's not bad. And you could easily drink four or five of them, and you and you're fine. You know what I mean? Because it's only like. 5.2% ABV or something like that. So Nut Chaser's a little bit stronger. It's 6.2, but uh, it's still good. Damn good beer. So, I mean, I'm actually looking at Trippy Animals because I know you're talking about that because I'm looking for some yeah. beer to get tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I need some crap to drink. Yep. The, the cool part about a lot of these places is like, I don't think Invasive Species is allowing online ordering yet, but you can do, you just pull up to their, they call it their Crowler line. It's like a tent they have outside and they have the big board that has all the beers listed on it. And you just tell them what you want. They go in and get it and bring it to you. And they and they literally just pass it in the car window. Trippin' Animals actually has online ordering where you can buy everything. You can order everything online, tell them what time you want to pick it up. And you can just roll by and you literally just walk up and they'll go and they go inside and get your bag and it's already ready and they just roll out. You know what I mean? Like it's so there's a couple that are doing that. Jay Wakefield's doing that. Um, Orchestrated Minds, Unbranded. There's a lot. The Unbranded was really good, man. That was another one that I had in there in Hialeah, which is another one that's like it's actually like six miles closer to my house than Trippin' Animals. But because it's in Hialeah and it's like the middle of Hialeah, <laughs> it's back road. It's like an hour. So, it's like an hour drive. Yeah, dude. It took me like 35 minutes to get there. And uh, beautiful, beautiful place, dude. I mean, you're talking, this place has to be 50,000, 100,000 square feet. It's huge. It's right on the train tracks. So it's probably not a hugely sought after, you know, location for a lot of businesses. But for a brewery, who cares? The tap room is huge. I mean, you could probably fit. I want to say probably 500, 700 people inside the tap room. Beautiful tables, really well set up, beautiful building, you know, awesome artwork on the outside of the walls. I had never been there. They just opened in December. So I was like, damn, dude, I really hope they make it through this whole thing. Because you never know. I mean, sometimes these companies are, these companies are blessed in that they have somebody financially behind them that can, you know, can carry the business because maybe they have, you know, maybe it's a, a real estate company that owns it, that has a lot of money and can kind of float it. Um, but a lot of times these breweries are just two dudes that came together and put their life savings on the line. And they may have only had a hundred grand to bring it to life. So coming, going through something like this, where now 90% of their business is gone because at the end of the day, I don't care who you are. I don't care how good your brewery is. It's really, really hard for me to believe that a lot of these guys are making it on just to go orders and pick up. No, because when you go to a brewery, you go there, you socialize, you, you end up drinking more exactly. beers and you don't plan on it because you're there socializing and then you can exactly. offer food, you buy food and... Exactly. And the reality is that you walk in and you buy a four pack, the average four pack is 20 bucks. So it's five bucks a beer, right? Yeah. When you go into a brewery itself, <clears throat> you know, like I was looking at, like, I always laugh about this because I'm like, damn, they get us so hard when we walk into the oh, bathroom yeah. because... Even like tripping animals, you know, like I love these guys, but you walk into their tap room and they have two sizes for most of their beers. A five ounce pour is five bucks of most of their beers, five four ounces? or five dollars for five ounces. Yeah. At the, in the tap room the hell? and then a 12 ounce and then a 12 ounce pour is usually like seven or eight dollars. 
So a can is 16 ounces and I'm walk I'm buying a can for five bucks and walking out the door. But if I go in and I want a 12 ounce glass of beer out of the tap, it's seven or eight dollars. It's cheaper for them to make it. You're basically it. paying right, you're basically Double. paying almost two cans for half you know for half the beer that you yeah, get you know you're paying double the price because it's less beer exactly. less beer and it's more cost yep. and yeah exactly. don't get me wrong there is more they have a little bit more bills to pay when you do that because they gotta wash the dishes but like the beer probably costs between the glass between the cleaning of the glass like the salary and the uh, beer probably cost them a dollar if that yeah they they definitely they make more money on a draft pour than they do on a can walking of out course. the door. So that's why, and, and again, that's why, but they also, but they can get away with charging more. They're not trying to be scumbags to people. It's just, they can get away with charging more because that's the going price of a tap room beer. It doesn't matter where you go. You know what I mean? They're all the Plus same. Plus you're sitting inside the building, so. so. <clears throat> exactly, and you're hanging out. And you know, the reality is like, let's put it this way. Like I walk in, I can, I can roll up the Trippin' Animals and buy a to-go order and spend 50, 60 bucks and I'm good to go. And I walk away and I got enough beer to last me for say a week, you know, especially someone like me who doesn't drink 10 beers a day. I drink one or two and I'm done. So, but you go there and you spend time in the tap room. Next thing you know, you get food, you get more beers and you get more beers. Then maybe you got a buddy that stops by and you might get more beers. I don't think I've ever gone. I don't think I've ever stepped inside, like just for instance, tripping animals. I don't think I've ever stepped inside their tap room and actually went there to hang out and left without paying less than 150 Yeah, bucks. it's like, we went to um, bowling for my birthday with my, you know, my, my car club. Right. And, you know, normally you don't, I don't spend much money because, you know, me, I'm cheap and I don't yep. spend money on cars and food. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we went bowling. I should make sure my wife don't hear this number, but we spent like $300. And we yeah. didn't have to pay to bowl. We got bowling for free because our car club owner is friends with the owner of the bowling alley who has the same type of car that's in our car well you know mopar so he's in the car club yeah, so yeah. he's like anytime you guys want to come as a group it's free because you guys drink a lot of alcohol you buy food you know you bring up our sales bowling it bowling right. for them is a the cheap part when you bring yes, a club exactly. it only 50 people and you spend thousands like probably, probably between all of us we probably spent ten thousand dollars worth of liquor and food and beer and so that's yeah, in a matter of a couple yeah. hours so he's like you're whatever but anyways so we spent all this money and I normally don't drink and because you know it's my birthday we're hanging out with people I spend so much damn money and oh, yeah. normally when I go out to eat and I go to a bar like when I went out with you to the uh, what was that place called the the Eagles place yeah we went to Brews on the Beach and then we went to uh, then we went to um, the Eagles bar I remember it's called yeah the uh, shit why can't I think something Parrot it? it's um the Parrot Lounge yeah yeah, yeah like I think I spent 50 bucks there and I drank you know I had meals I had food I had different yeah you had like a snack and a sandwich you had like an appetizer and a sandwich and I think you had three like three yeah. drinks because you had you had a you shotgunned a freaking <laughs> white claw and then I think you had two other beers I had one other there. white claw that was terrible too yeah oh yeah yeah two white claws and then I think you had like a yinling or something like that while yeah, we were there the white claws were so, disgusting yeah. And I had, I think I had two beers and a cheesesteak and a pretzel. So it was like, you know, we, we both spent, you know, money and that's, you know, and that's the reason there's nothing wrong no, with no. that. I mean, I'm, I don't, I don't fault the breweries at all, but knowing that and knowing that, you know, the average, let's say tap room trip is a hundred, 150 bucks, but yet you got people walk and don't get me wrong. There are people who are rolling up to these places that I see them posting on, on socials and they're spending 300 bucks on take home beer. And a lot of them are, you know, sending it to their buddies all over the United States and whatever else. 
But the reality is, is that the average person is not going to roll up and spend three hundred dollars on on canned beer, but they'll spend three hundred bucks in the tap. Yeah, yeah that it's different sense. because like if they go there and hang out yeah. and enjoy the experience and have fun and and hang out with friends. They'll spend three hundred bucks, but they're not going to go buy three hundred dollars with the cans to take. Oh, home. So, so you know their their sales have got to be hurting. And <clears throat> now, granted. You know, I guarantee on the on the flip side of that that a lot of them have had to let people go, bartenders, you know, whatever else. So they're saving on payroll, they're saving on stuff like that. But it just sucks overall when you look at it, and it, and it makes me nervous because I don't know. You know, I want to make sure that my favorite breweries. That's why I've been so adamant about. You know, I probably since I've been home, contrary to my what you know, contrary to what my wife would probably want and what I've you know because. I'm I'm a generous person and I love beer and I love this whole scene and I love doing my podcast and I love, you know, being a part of the craft brew community of South Florida and the United States in general. But so I've really hustled to try to make sure that I'm helping these guys. So I want to say that I probably spent, I think my first trip down to Trippin' Animals, I spent like 96 bucks. My second, my, my second trip down there, I spent like 75. Then I went to Unbranded and spent like 80. And then I went back to Trippin' Animals and spent like 60 bucks again. So I've spent over 300 bucks since we've been in quarantine on take-home beer. Some of it I've sent away and traded, but the majority of it I've kept and drank and, you know, done whatever with. But it's, uh, but that's definitely way more than I would have had they been open because I would have just rolled in and picked up like, you know, maybe a four pack or two four packs and headed home and maybe spent 30 or 40 bucks and just had, you know, and then I, then I wouldn't have thought twice about rolling by ABC and seeing what they have there or maybe Total Wine or something like that. Whereas now, fuck those guys, because I don't think Total Wine or ABC is going anywhere, but I'm making damn sure that I'm going and hitting my local breweries, the ones that I love and making sure that I'm taking care of them. And, and every time I go, I'm tipping 20, you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks at least just to make sure that the guys are still, you know, happy. And, you know, I want these guys to know me by name because, and not because I want deals or I want anything special or I want whatever. I just want them to know the people that supported them through all this bullshit when all this crap was going down so that when things do get better, you know, and things turn around on the other side, that there's a mutual respect there between myself and the brewery and the team and everybody else i don't i will never you know what i do for a living i would never roll up into one of these places and expect anything for free or anything like that you know it's not even it's not about the the kind of person that i am i'm one of those people that you know i mean we talked about this before when i had my shop i used to get bombarded by you know buddies air quotes that wanted shit done for free or wanted a discount or wanted this or wanted that And, and unfortunately i made the mistake in a lot of situations where i did it and then i you know lost my ass and bit the bullet on the other on the backside where I was like fuck like now I can't afford to pay my guys because instead of charging these three people full price for their jobs like I should have I gave them deals and now I'm $500 short on payroll at the end of the week and I just gave away a thousand dollars of the free yeah, that's not like you know I don't expect when it comes to anything and I don't expect anything to be free so like right remember how I talked to you about doing my my car not you directly but well, also you doing my car work yeah yeah and have my, yeah. my the other shop do all the engine work that you can't do yourself i was like i don't mind paying you because for example obviously you need the money i don't know how to do it so what it, right. what good does it ask is it for me to ask you to do something that takes say four to eight hours four to eight not 48 so people listening for right, free right. Yeah. <laughs> if that's four to eight hours you can be spending with your wife or your kids it's like you can't expect somebody to do it free the only time right. i asked for something for free was the car um, the car shop because they're new 
and I know the mechanic directly and I know the owner of the shop and I was like you know since you know we've talked before plenty of times in person I was like I don't mind doing your your uh you know if you don't mind doing my car for free I'll advertise your car for your company right well that's a totally yeah. different and scenario they, were, they know that my father-in-law was like car wraps so I was like I'll wrap your yeah. car's information on my car because I go to the track you know I go to car shows right so it's like there's something there it's not like I'm just saying hey do it for free and you know. right and people people lose a lot of the value when it comes to stuff like that like marketing so that's you yeah. you know what I mean and things like that yeah things like that I totally understand and get you know, there's there's a, a and there's an unplaced value on marketing and exposure and getting the name out there, especially someone like you is involved actively in your car club and a bunch of guys that will potentially see the name of the company on the side of your car. So, you know, and reality is, is like, let's say, you know, somebody does five thousand dollars worth of free work to your car. It's probably cost them, let's say, fifteen hundred. No, 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 I'll, I'll pay cost. for the parts. Right, right. No, I'm talking the about labor. The, like, Right. Well, what I'm, I was just giving yeah. a random number. Like, so if it's 2000, say 3000, their actual cost on that labor is probably like a thousand dollars, usually 30%, 20 to 30%. So let's say 800 at most. And if, let's say three of your buddies from your car club go there and spend a thousand dollars each time they go, they've already made their money back and then some, which is a good thing because now they got four customers instead of yeah. just one. So stuff like that works out. And that's a totally different, you know, scenario than what I'm talking about. I'm just saying like with these guys, I mean, Hey, I'm not going to turn free stuff down to be honest. So like if they were to come to me and say, Hey Luke, we really love your show. We love the fact that you always bring up local breweries. We'd be willing to, to, you know, give you a free four pack of every new brew we come out with so you can review it on the show. If you'd be willing to do that, I'd be like, hell yeah. Cause you know, you look at the cost of it four pack, like, probably like five bucks. Real- that. Yeah, dude. I mean, it probably costs, I mean, that four pack, Let's say with can costs and canning and Five, can lines and manpower, let's say 10 bucks at most. Yeah. For, you know, let's say 10 bucks on the high side for probably like a triple or a high, a high ABV stout or something like that. And then if you have a, uh, you know, then if you have a lower ABV, like a nut chaser or bandito or something like that, it's probably like six or $7. But so let's say they give me 10, let's say 10, 20 bucks worth of beer for free. And I do reviews on the show and then, then, Two thousand people listen to the show, and ten they people go there and buy four. Like two, they're getting their they money. Yeah, off like two people. Like, exactly, and it's literally just you know you can chalk it up under marketing expense, and that's you know. So at the end of the day, I wouldn't turn stuff like that down, but I don't go into these relationships with that expectation because I don't want to walk into a brewery and then have people feel like I'm disrespecting them because I go in there with an expectation of free shit. That's not how I ever have been. You know, I'm always the person that pays. Now, if the owner likes me and appreciates what I'm doing for him and listens to one of the shows and see, you know, and, you know, whatever, and then pops up and says, hey, Luke, man, I want to make this deal with you. I'm good with that. I'm not going to turn down that kind of stuff because I could use sponsorships for the show. Believe me, because I spent far too much <laughs> money on beer. But at the end yeah. of the day, like I said, I just don't go into this situation looking for that. So it's um, <clears throat> but it's, it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, I will tell you that it's been my solace in terms of you know this whole quarantine thing has been you know being able to jump online and do lives and do zoom calls and do the podcast and do you know all this shit and go on facebook and mess around with the guys there and stuff because you know i love my family i love my kids and i'll tell you what man this whole situation of being home with my kids has been immensely eye-opening for me as a father as a husband it made me realize how much i take the time and energy that we spend together for granted 
how many times I sit in the corner of the fucking couch on my phone working or just fucking around on social media and not doing what I'm supposed to be doing as a dad. And they're sitting five feet from me and we're not even talking to each other. So we've literally like reinvigorated our relationships to the point that we try to stay off of our phones as much as we can during the day. The TV doesn't even go on usually until the evening when we sit down to maybe watch a movie or some shows that we all like together. But during the day, it's either helping the kids with their schoolwork, you know, playing games, drawing, going for walks, doing whatever it is, just spending quality time with the kids and the family and really enjoying everybody. And but even in even in that, I still need me time. I still need dad time. I still need time to bullshit with the guys or to, you know, get a little testosterone and have some beers and hang out or do whatever. And that's been my you know brewery experience and running out to pick up beers or you know just jumping on a call or a zoom video with the guys or whatever and having a good time so that's kind of kept me sane on the guy front um but it's been i mean i'm you know as much as i understand the consequences behind the you know the economic shutdown and all the bullshit that's going on here like just having my wife i mean like i said having her furloughed here it's nerve-wracking but in the same respect, this the cultural reset that's going on right now with the American family is fucking phenomenal. It is we we are the truth be truth be told is that right now the American household, the American family is being reinvigorated. Speaking of that, sorry, because, let me cut you off real quick. Speaking of no, that, um, yeah. so <laughs> this is great because you're speaking of that. Uh, yesterday, for the first time in well, for the second time since I've been married, well, since I've been dating my wife before we got married. It's the second time in five years that I've cooked. Wow. So literally being so bored, cause you know, like my son does online school. So he's doing that. Yeah. And when I'm free during the day, I'm literally watching, you know, workout videos and reading stuff about fitness. And, you know, I've been doing business with like offer up, buying stuff, reselling it, make money since I don't have a job. So yeah. I've been doing stuff yep. like that, but I've also been watching videos on how to cook. Like a lot of, uh, like, um, Gordon Ramsay stuff where he actually explains it and yeah, I cooked yeah. a steak oh, yesterday yeah. and my wife was like when I told her I was going to cook she literally looked at me and said started laughing and goes yeah I don't want to try that food it's going to be terrible right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like probably but I think I, I you know even though I knew it would be terrible I had to put up that front as a man and be like no this is going to be fire I can't let you know I can't let it down and I watched it and it was damn, damn good. good and she tried oh, it and she was, she was like oh this is good and I was, she, then she goes, it's only good because you added butter. I'm like, no, no. I added like the equivalent of like 10 calories of butter. You know how when you cook a steak, you put, you rub butter across yeah. the top to give it that extra flavor? Yeah, yeah. Yep. She was like, wow, it's actually pretty good. And I was like, and I was actually amazed how good it was. And I said to her, man, that was so good. I could eat that every day. And she says Hell to yeah. me, why don't you ever say that about my food? And I'm like, shut up. I say this all the time about your food. But your steak, when you, I tell her about <laughs> like, when you cook steak, because I'm, you know, me, I'm pretty simple. I'm a simple man. She just put seasoning yeah. on it, but I was like, I want something different. And I tried it. It was so good. So she was like, oh, if you want to cook it tomorrow, I'll have some. That's awesome, dude. And I'll tell you what, I mean, my wife, my wife pretty much cooks 90% of the time. Like I cook usually when she's at work and like when I'm home with the kids or whatever. And usually my cooking consists of like, you know, a a pizza in the oven or something like that. Like I don't usually go, I know how to cook, but I usually don't go out of my way and cook because my kids are hard. You know, I have a 10 year old that basically only eats like pizza and macaroni and I mean, cheese and, like, cheese, and like grilled cheese. Yeah. Like grilled cheese sandwiches. The chick, the kid doesn't eat nothing. Then 
up up until recently, you know, we my my 19 year old wasn't here because she was living in college. Now she's home because college is closed. Um, but she still works and like you know she's at work today. I think she gets done like around now. And uh, the um, and then my you know the my 13 year old pretty much we eat anything. Like her and I eat steak together. We eat chicken together. Whatever. So I do cook a meal once in a while, but it's usually something pretty simple so that I can make something that all of us will eat. Um, but my wife has really just like gone crazy in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, Pinterest has become her best friend. She's yes. looking up cool recipes. Like we had tacos. We had tacos the other day where she literally took, she bought, you know, those little uh, fun size bags of Doritos and you take Wait, the bag of up. Doritos, you open it. Yeah. Yeah, you, cr- you crush up the Doritos and then you put all the, the ingredients of the taco inside of it. It's basically like a, you know, Dorito taco and you just eat it out of the, out of the bag. And it was just cool. You know, she's, so she's done like a lot of cool stuff like that. She's figured out like little ways to make stuff for all of us. You know, that uh, she's getting up and making breakfast. She's done, you know, like home fries and eggs and stuff in the morning, which I don't remember the last time she cooked breakfast before this you last couple fry? weeks in years, years and years. No, home you fries, you know, potatoes. No, we don't. We got to, we definitely need to get a, uh, I want to, I don't want to get an air fryer. Well, maybe we do that too, but we definitely want to get like an Instapot, you know, something like that. I was looking at some of them. There's a couple of them out there that actually have an air fryer option with the Instapot. It's like a 10 in one and it has like an air fryer. There's one that's like a microwave oven size or like, not like a microwave oven. Um, like a, you know, the small ovens you get toaster ovens. Yeah. But then, but it's an air fryer. So you can swap the settings that you're talking about from like a, a microwave or toaster oven to an air fryer it's like for rotisserie chicken all that stuff it really is the greatest yeah. thing ever because she cooks stuff and i don't want to cook but i'm pretty simple i don't know if i put something in a pan to reheat it i always burn it so i throw it in there right. for a couple minutes boom you can't screw it up done yeah it's been pretty cool definitely having you know the experimentation with the food and stuff like that's been good and the kids are just awesome man like i mean i I, you know, my, my girls are my life and I can tell people, you know, until the end of the earth, how much they mean to me and how proud of them I am and how happy I am to be their dad. But it's one thing to say it. And even though I feel it in my heart, it's another thing to show. It. And I feel like these last couple of weeks has really given me an opportunity to show it more and be a better dad and be a better husband. And, you know, and, it, you know, it's just because, dude, like we just get into routines and we put we put our blinders on and we don't pay attention to oh. what's going on around us and routine is routine you know what i mean you get so used to doing shit the same way every friggin' day that it takes something like this to kind of throw a monkey wrench into everything to make you realize all right like it's time for a change you know yeah speaking of steak with the butter she brought me some ha ah there you go dude even even social media altogether. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed like the cultural shift on socials, but it's gone from here's my tits and ass, make me some money, let me do this, let me do that. To you still have those scumbags out there that are trying to do the get rich quick schemes and all that bullshit. Shape doing your push-ups and exactly. your burpees. That's not gonna get you jacked, bro. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like all that shit's still going on, but from a cultural perspective, people are relearning how to use social media for what social media was intended to be used for being fucking social not being naked. you know what i mean so instead of going on there and just instead of going on there and just trying to prove to everybody that you're something you're not or that you're hot shit when you're not you know living in your mom's fucking basement but then you go outside and stand next to your buddy's ferrari and you're some rich shit you know or you're just you know putting pictures of your tits and your ass out there so that everybody thinks 
you're the hottest thing since sliced bread. So you're trying to get picked up by every company out there and make a living off of social media that has leveled off, so to speak. And I've actually seen a lot of people getting let go by companies because they can't afford to float these people anymore because sales are down. And but people are re are reutilizing it for what it's for. They're going on lives. They're having conversations with people. They're engaging their audience. They're talking to people. Families are logging on to things like Zoom and FaceTime and doing, you know, multi house, you know, calls where they're on the phone for an hour and they're bullshitting, laughing at each other, having a good time. And they're literally being social, but through a screen, which is what social media was intended to be from day one. And it took a very, you know, different turn, a very different skew once people realize they can make money. One second. I got something to say about the social media, but let me grab my water real quick. Give me about five seconds. Yeah, you're good. No worries. Oh, this, uh, that rise up from a joint theory with some damn good beer, guys. I, uh, okay. I'm very happy that I picked up a six pack okay, Go ahead. So, dude. what I've been noticing uh, on social media since this whole thing started, uh, you know, going, it's, it's about social media and jobs and, you know, central workers and stuff, and also the whole coronavirus thing. I probably, most people probably will not agree with me to a certain extent on this, what I'm about to say. And if you don't, well, that's what opinions are for. Um, so right. I've been seeing a lot of people who are complaining that I get the whole, the whole idea that, you know, these nurses are not having enough uh, protective personal, you know, PPE, personal protective equipment. But I right. see these people complaining, saying, you know, they shouldn't have to be in these situations, which I agree with. They shouldn't have. They should have the equipment. But at the end of the day, it's your job. That's what you signed up for. And I get it. You you want you're right. pushing to have the equipment because at the end of the day, if you're dead, you can't help people. Right. But I see so many people that are nurses complaining and going on a big rant saying how I don't I shouldn't have to do my job without a, without the gear, which I agree with. But they're like, if you can't give them the gear, I'm not going to do my job. And it's like, okay, if you can't, if you don't want, if you're not willing to make that sacrifice to do your job at the time of need, like a dire need, then you shouldn't be doing that job in the first place. And it's like, and it's right. just, and then there's people that are like posting these freaking memes saying, or in these, you know, stupid statuses saying that all these nurses and medical people should get all their school student loans forgiven because of what's going on. And I'm like, I'm just over here, like, shaking my head, like, what are you doing? Your job is to take care of the sick and elderly and stuff like that. If you're saying that because you're doing your job, you, you know, you deserve to have all your loans removed, to me, that's absurd. Yeah, that's, you know, socialist bullshit at its best. And at the end of the day, if that's the case, then shows, you know, I know we have GI loans and things like that. Let's be honest, though. The military and whatnot. Yes, obviously, nurses and doctors are important, but being in the military is a lot different than being a nurse. Like, oh, absolutely. Like much more, much more. Dangerous. Yes, you hear about nurses getting shot, getting stabbed, and getting killed. But like, your job, your job is literally like not coffee. to go to war, to you know, air quotes, defend their freedoms. Your job is right. to take care of the people. It's like, yeah, I get it. If you go above and beyond, like when you hear about you know the people that are in the military that like get Medal of Honors because they did some crazy shit. And I, yes, I can understand that. But if you're just doing your job, I'm sorry, but 
No, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you to an extent. I mean, I think for me, the the toughest toughest part is, and I'm sure that there are people out there that are in hospitals where things are really truly oh, like war zones, and there's a lot of crazy shit going on. But at the end of the day, it's definitely con- it's definitely concerning when you have the media, you know, punching this thing up to the point where they're saying all oh, hospitals are overrun. And there's people everywhere and there's all this testing going on and there's all this shit going on. I don't know, dude. I don't know about you, but I've even driven by, you know, the I'm, ne- I'm dude, I've driven by every hospital within the area. Never once seen lines outside. Never once seen people in panics. I've never seen I never even saw a line of people waiting at at uh, at C.B. Smith Park over here where they have the testing center set up. Half the time I drive by and I see the National Guard don't get guys me started about that crap. Talking shit. That's not that pissing like, me off. No, nah, but that's what I and that. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, I think I, it doesn't exist. Yes. Is there a lot going on behind the scenes that we probably don't know about? I'm sure. And are there certain hospitals that are probably more overrun and dealing with it more on a, a greater scale? Yeah. Then, than we are. Yeah, of course. But the reality is, is that you got all these people talking shit. I mean, how many videos have you seen online of people going by? Like there was a one of a guy in, in my, in Hawaii where he was talking about how like the lady who owns the urgent care system in Hawaii was on the news and she's telling the news media that they're like overrun, they're overwhelmed, they're overworked, they're exhausted, all her people are like working overtime and all this stuff. And the guy's literally in the background of like the news thing and he's filming and he's like, where is everybody? Like this lady's on the news telling the news right now that this place is overrun, that you guys are understaffed, that you're exhausted, that you have lines and lines of people waiting to get tested. He's like, and there's nobody here. And they're showing his live video as this lady is talking to the media. The parking lot is empty. There's not a single person waiting for a test. It's it's dead. And she's on the, you know, on the news saying the exact opposite. And he's diamond her out. He's like, look, like this is bullshit. Like, why are you lying? You just, I just heard you the entire, you know, state of Hawaii just heard you tell the media that this particular location was overrun. That you didn't have enough of anything, you couldn't keep up with it, and I'm here right now. That nobody here. It's because they're trying to keep that, like people that are just like, oh, I have like a runny nose from going in. Right, and, yeah. I, and I can see but that. The thing is, is yeah. a lot of it also yeah. is because it's it's group as it is. If you lie to the government or people, they'll send you more equipment. So when stuff pops off, you're ready. But when it comes yeah. to the whole like, when you talk about you know the park. I was going to go to Walmart. I see like 30 or 40 National Guardsmen walking around. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're worried about contaminating and spreading the disease, but the same people that are having to do the, the tests and dealing with the people are the ones going into the store, walking around, touching everything. So it's like, yep. I'm just literally like sitting there staring at them. Like, how does this make any sense? You're worried about spreading diseases, the, well, virus, but you got, you know, you got a whole company of soldiers going in there and touching everything after uh, testing people the whole day. Yep. And at least the ones that I saw, no gloves, no masks, nothing. They're just in there walking around. Yeah, and the people, people when I, when I, when I, you know, I drive past it all the time, the actual park. You know, I see all the wearing is yeah. cheap little freaking um, latex gloves. That's it. Right. Yep. Well, dude. We're, we're like an hour and 12 minutes in, so I think it's time to cut it off. But um, we'll see how things go next week. 
And if we can get some free time next week, maybe we can grab some brews while we yeah. talked about maybe going out tomorrow and getting some brews. If we can get some beers that, you know, we can share, then we can do another episode and actually share, you know, beers together so that next time we can be drinking some of the same brews while we're on the show and, you know, give the people what they want to hear about the uh, crap brew scene down here in South Florida. So I appreciate you, man. Stay safe. Take care out there. And if you need me, I'm here. Got well, anything else you want to finish off with? People, tomorrow, like we said, we can go. And if you want, we can, you know, we can get some stuff done this weekend coming out. Cool. Sounds all good, right, dude. All right, guys. This has been episode 49 of Calling All Crap no Here. Ryan, my brother, thank you. Right.